Chapter Two of Unitarian Catechism by M. J. Savage. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Two God. One. Have men always believed in God? Not in the sense in which we believe today but they have always believed in the existence of certain invisible or spiritual powers. 2. What objects have they worshipped as gods? First or last, almost everything, the sun, moon, stars, rivers, trees, different kinds of animals, etc. 3. Have they really thought that these things were gods? Perhaps the ignorant have but the more intelligent have looked upon them as the symbols or abiding places of the deity. 4. Has there been an element of truth in this? Yes, for today we believe that all things are partial manifestations of the one infinite spirit and life. 5. Did all ancient peoples believe alike in this respect? No. Different families and tribes have had separate beliefs in different gods. 6. Did they believe these gods to be friendly to each other? No, the gods hated each other as bitterly as did the people themselves. 7. Did they believe all these gods to be good? No, they were as different in their tempers and characters as were the people who worshipped them. 8. What did these people think the gods were doing? Not knowing anything about the order of nature, they attributed everything that happened to the agency of some one of these deities. All the good things were supposed to be caused by the good gods, while all the evil were the work of bad spirits, or of the good spirits when they were angry. 9. Did the people worship only the good gods? No, they worshipped the evil deities from fear, offering sacrifices in an attempt to buy off their enmity. 10. What was the origin of their belief in these bad gods? It was their way of explaining the existence of suffering, disease, and death. 11. Does this explain the origin of all the evil deities? No. When one nation conquered another, the gods of that nation also were supposed to be conquered. But hating their conquerors, they would constantly try to do them harm, and so came to be looked upon as evil spirits. 12. Did they at that time believe in any ruler of all the evil spirits, or the devil, in the modern sense of that word? No, that idea was much later in its origin. 13. How did the belief in one God arise? At first, people came to believe that they must worship only one God, though they did not doubt the existence of other gods. Then they came to believe that theirs was the only real God. 14. Who were the first, as a people, to believe in only one God? The Hebrews, a few hundred years before Christ. 15. Did they have the same idea of the one God that we have today? No, it was far less spiritual and grand. 16. Where did they suppose this one God dwelt? In heaven, which they supposed to be just above the sky. 17. What did they think of this sky? 
the old testament speaks of it as a solid dome or firmament just above which was heaven where god was enthroned surrounded by his angelic court eighteen did they think that god was a visible being then yes and that sometimes he appeared to men on earth nineteen where did they believe he was to be worshipped chiefly in the temple at jerusalem in which place they believe was the special manifestation of his presence twenty what did jesus teach in regard to this he taught that god was spirit and could be found anywhere by those who worshipped him in spirit and in truth twenty one what have men thought about god since the time of jesus generally they have thought of him under the figure of a man and as enthroned in some special place twenty two can we think of him in this way now no since we have found out the nature of the universe we can no longer think of god as wearing a bodily form twenty three where is he then he is everywhere twenty four how then can we think of him as the life the spirit the soul of the universe twenty five is not this pantheism no pantheism teaches that all things are god this teaches that god is in and through and so the life of all things twenty six can this be illustrated in a way to make it plainer yes as an illustration we may think of god as related to the universe in a similar way to that in which our souls are related to our bodies twenty seven where is the soul in the body it is everywhere twenty eight shall we ever see god only as we see him now as manifested in the life of the universe twenty nine is this really seeing him at all yes we see him just as truly as we see a friend no one ever saw the soul we only see the manifestation of its activity through the body in the same way precisely we see the manifestation of god through the outer world thirty is god personal yes but not in the sense in which we speak of man as personal thirty one why because we connect with man's personality the thoughts of a beginning and an end and of an outline physical being thirty two in what does personality consist essentially in self-consciousness and in this which is the highest sense we believe that god is personal thirty three may we think of god as our father we may we as finite spirits are children of the infinite spirit thirty four is he near to us nearer than the breath we breathe for in him we live and move and have our being thirty five will he help us he does help us always since all the forces of the world are his activity all we do is by the use of his power thirty six is there any idolatry still in christendom yes for an image of god may be in the mind as well as out of stone or wood thirty seven can we have a perfect thought of god no for the finite cannot grasp the infinite we must think as truly and nobly as we can thirty eight where are god's laws to be found 
they are the laws of nature and of life thirty nine are they in any book or church no and many so-called laws of god are only the imaginations of man forty what then are his laws the real laws of life of goodness and of truth End of chapter 2